Hello everyone, John Adolfi here with the Lost World Museum. We got a special type of podcast today. Before we do, may I say that we ask the politically correct question, where did we come from? Did we come from apes, aliens, or Adam? And that's the basis of our discussion, and we really enjoy discussing this. Well, I got an email from someone off of our TikTok account who said that he is a student at the Nazareth Catholic College in South Australia. And he is going to be writing a paper and wanted to know some things about evolution and creationism. So what I'm going to do, instead of answering him by writing a tome, literally, <laughs> I thought it'd be best if I just go ahead and give it verbally. So I'm going to read his questions and I'm going to do my best to try to answer them. All right, so here we go. He says, I know that many Christians describe themselves as creationists. Can you explain what this means? Yes. What that means is, is that as a creationist, you believe that God created the heavens and the earth just like Genesis states it. You basically believe the Mosaic account, and that's who wrote it, Moses, somewhere around 1450 BC. He wrote the account of what happened some 6,000 years ago or about 3,000 years uh, before he existed. So that is what it means. A creationist means that they believe that the earth was created as opposed to evolving over millions or billions of years. I hope that answers that question. How are the ideas of evolutionists different to these? Okay. So the main difference is this. Evolution uh, basically is a naturalistic approach to understanding life and everything around us in a scientific method, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, creationists can approach it from a scientific method as well, too. The problem is where they are divided is that creationists ha enter into the supernatural at times, and the evolutionist doesn't. Naturalistic means that everything itself, the material that is out there or in front of us or whatever, is all either evolving or is static or whatever it's doing, it's doing naturally. There is no supernatural involvement involved in any of it. There is no God in it, like the Native Americans believe, nor is there any God attending it, as what creationists or Christians may believe. There is no God really involved. Now, there is what they call old earth or theistic evolutionists, which believes, believes that God created things many, many millions or billions of years ago and just wound up the clock and there you go. It's on its own, has the capability of its own to go ahead and evolve and do all sorts of incredible things that we uh, that we have here today, meaning that a fish turned into a land creature that turned into an upright creature, and that God used that as a means of, of uh, bringing about mankind. Well, that they're, they're completely uh, separate or divergent from each other. And the idea of putting them together, not a really popular, view, to be honest with you. Um, very few people comparatively uh, seem to be attracted to that. I, this is my own personal opinion. Those who are attracted to theistic or old earth evolution 
um, are usually people that want to have God. And then I think they feel, this is what my just my guess, they feel the pressure that science has figured it out and they need to integrate the two of them together. I know that the uh, the Pope had, um, several many years ago, had, uh, you know, d- elevated or recognized evolution as the way that God has um, done things. I think that people are afraid of looking foolish. I remember Ben Carson. He's a Seventh-day Adventist. He's a young earth creationist. And when he was in uh, the race for the nomination for president, it was brought up a few times that he was a young earth creationist and basically was scoffed and laughed at because young earth creationists are looked at people that basically are clueless. They're just mindless uh, um, religionists that are completely oblivious or or stupid. You hear that as well, too, uh, to science, that they're just ignoring science. And science is a big word. It's a big umbrella. But that's not a, that's not true. But that's that's how, you know, characteristically um, it's presented as as far as from the evolutionary standpoint, looking upon the creationists and evaluating them and their theory and their religion. And so anyway, do you see a conflict in beliefs held between creationists and evolutionists? Absolutely. Right to the core. Let me tell you what the real issue is from a creationist standpoint. It's not so much that God created the heavens and the earth and evolution believes that 4.51 billion years ago, the earth, you know, became a ball of molten lava and and then, you know, it settled down and cooled off and then rain started coming down 3 billion years ago and a proto-RNA uh, either got here from somewhere else or um, through a, uh, you know, a combination of chemicals uh, and, and uh, you know, and elements, I should say. Uh, it became, you know, a proto-RNA uh, approximately a billion years or three billion years ago and then into some kind of um, simple life form a billion to 800 million years ago. You know, that's the idea. That's not the biggest issue that I have seen. This is more of a theological thing than it is a scientific thing. Here's here. Let me, let me just present it like this. When God creates the heavens and the earth, he does it in a certain way or method. That way or method is carried on later in uh, through uh, the scriptures. And I'll explain what I mean by that. When he created life on earth, the earth itself, he did it through his mouth, meaning that he spoke these things into existence and the things that weren't became what they are today. What I mean by that is, is that, let me give you an example. When he says the word cat, a cat perfectly formed with a certain specific personality or characteristics of a cat, fur, sinews, a brain, purring, meowing, comes into existence the, the moment uh, he says the word cat. He can create with his voice. We can't do that. We can influence but we can't create with our voice. He can create something out of nothing with his voice. That's supernatural. I believe, though, in his realm of things, I don't know if you would use the word supernatural. Uh, maybe you still would, but I think it would be more natural in 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 the uh, in that world, which we really do not live in, nor are we privy to see beyond what we do here. But um, 
so uh and and so anyway that uh that ability to speak with his voice is nullified it's not even thought of um in a creationist uh excuse me in an evolutionist uh framework the idea that god creates with his voice isn't even it, it becomes a myth or a legend. Why is that important? Later on, especially in the New Testament, we see Jesus come down. He was one, by the way, that actually did the creation in Genesis. And he was the one. And, and so when he's confronted with people with ailments, such as a withered hand or legs that can't support themselves all their life, and he, there's so many examples of him speaking recreation into the individual. It's like he's doing it all over again, but doing it on a very small level and for one specific item. Like, for instance, the man with the withered hand, think about it for a second. Your hand is all gnarled and maybe it's um, uh, kind of just, you know, not healthy looking at all and it's just not in use. There's not, it's not strong. It's withered, okay? Maybe curled up, maybe ossified. And then Jesus says, stretch forth your hand. And the man, by faith, grabs a hold of that powerful word, that creative word, and he stretches forth his hand and his hand is restored. Unbelievable. That is a, uh, the same M.O. as when he said, let the earth bring forth grass. Pow, there was grass. The grass continues to come up year after year after year after 6,000 years and will not not come up until he says no more. That's how it works. In evolution, there's none of that. Well, how is that important beyond a man with a withered hand 2,000 years ago? There's a continuity here, folks, and this is the most important thing. When Jesus says, be ye perfect as my Father is perfect, this is where it becomes, and as one person said to me when we were discussing this, he looked at me in disgust. He was a doctor, and he looked at me in disgust, and he was a Christian, and he goes, that sounds like magic. <laughs> well, I guess it's the closest thing you are going to get to magic because he's trying, what God is trying to do, with our permission, that is, is try to speak righteousness into our very being through his word. So not only does he create in the beginning, let the earth bring forth grass, you know, so on. Not only does he then create or recreate or or restore with his voice, the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand, and he did, and it was restored. Or Lazarus, who was in the tomb four days. Lazarus, he says, come forth, and through his mighty word, the resurrection of one man took place. Then he turns to us and says, be perfect. What? The Ten Commandments are usually looked at as ten restrictions. I've heard somebody say they're ten promises, and I never really quite understood what they meant by that. Commandments are commands. They're enablings. They're the thing that it allows us to be able to do it. It's just a question of whether we understand that concept and actually exercise some kind of belief to experience it. And that's as far as I'm going to go with that, but that's that's what's that is what is missing or can be missed when evolution takes control. And your next question is do you think evolution theory negates a belief in God? Absolutely. Yes. Matter of fact, they will also say it is um and I can't quote 
but something to the fact that it is the antidote for God, uh, believing in God, and, and that is evolution. So yes, and typically when you go down that path, unless you purposely, purposely uh, reject the idea that there is no God, that's where higher education leads people. It's true. It is true. There have been people that come in with a faith in God that leave after four years with no faith in God or agnostic or confused. Do you think the media and popular culture show creationist ideas as being at odds with evolution? Um, Yeah, usually, though, there's very little said about creationism or creationists, quite honestly. Um, It's more so the evolutionists, the scientists that are for biological or geological evolution or long periods of time, that when that uncomfortable subject comes up, because it's beneath them to even have a discussion on this because it's just so ridiculous. That's that's the attitude that comes from that group of people. Matter of fact, they would wish that this would just go away. God and this whole idea of creationism, which let me just bring up is 40% of all people in the United States still believe in, in an Adam and Eve and a Noah's Ark. Isn't that interesting? So um, the media, uh, the media basically is a catalyst or a carrier of the evolutionary message. Um, it's where the money is and that's where the, all the intellects seem to hover. And so there is a, there's a quite of a force there with a very small group of people that, um, you know, through our airwaves, through our movies, uh, literature, articles, it seems like there's a public relation uh, campaign for, and I wouldn't be surprised if there is, because I was just, my mother-in-law just sent me another two articles in Yahoo, uh, not Yahoo, but Apple News. And it seems like there's this, like, you know, they're rehashing things, or they try to put a new spin on things, or there may be something new. And it just seems like there's one, two articles, you know, written, produced every other day, it seems, with the amount that I get uh, in my email. Um, do you think that this makes it difficult for people who believe in evolution to see themselves as religious? I can't answer that question. I will tell you, though, that it it does give you a handicap. I really believe it. Look, what's easier when you're trying to pole vault, okay? Having the correct information in order to be able to learn how the mechanics of pole vaulting? Or what if you have misinformation? Can you still pole vault? Perhaps. Perhaps not, or maybe not as maybe not, not, can't break a world record. And I don't even know if that's really a good analogy, but I think it, it handicaps you severely. That's just my own personal opinion. Do you think our society is increasingly focused on science as a way of finding answers to the important meanings in life? Yes, I do. And it's not like, um, because they're demanding it, it's being force fed this. And, and not only that, but it's also in all fairness, the system that we currently use to explore and understand what we see, taste, touch, feel, observe, you know, it's only when we go beyond what we can observe and assume or we make assumptions uh, that may not be true is where we run into trouble. What that means is the science that allowed um, uh, Ben Carson to separate two twins who were conjoined at the head and did brain surgery to, to, re, to, um, uh, to uh, separate them, uh, he did that without referring to or depending on any kind of evolutionary geology, any kind of evolutionary biology. He's a creationist, a young earth creationist, and yet he's able to do that without that. You don't need that. 
You don't need evolutionary science in order to produce a microwave oven. Okay? You don't. Matter of fact, they were doing science fine until about 200 years ago without the, the help of long periods of time or that we are getting better and just so happens to be better, but different through positive mutation and and uh, environmental pressure and survival of the fittest and, and all, you know, the different components that make up evolution. Do you think our society is increasingly, uh, okay, now, is this seemingly is this seemingly overriding religious understanding? Well, I can tell you this. If it's not overriding it, it's certainly undermining it. And I've read a report just recently from a very activistic uh, evolutionist and scientist, and he is like almost militaristic, putting together um, something to, to understand what the, pro- the danger of this is and uh, the remedy for it, i.e. creationism and religion as a whole. He believes that it's, 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 uh, it harms, it dumbs down. I've even had people accuse us of harming children with our fairy tales. Yeah, it's very interesting. So uh, let's see, what issues might this raise in society? Well, there are countries like Australia and Europe that have become increasingly secular that people in Europe since World War II are no longer going to church. At one time in Europe, it was the, it was the stronghold of Protestantism. And now the church attendance is somewhere in the neighborhood of 2 to 3%. Um, I know that in Australia, the church attendance the last I saw was 15%. In the United States, we fare a little bit better. Our parents, uh, you know, 45% church attendance but it's gotten down into the 20s lately, and I don't know where that stat is today, but up until around 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, it was um, the young generation at that point, 23% were going to church. And so, yeah, the, the, the issues that will raise in society were played out um, in the extreme out of frustration in France in 1793 to 1794. Now, a lot of these countries that I believe still have the, how do I say, the behind the scenes, the fabric, the framework of Christian principles that may not recognize God in a more direct, personal way, are still maintaining some semblance of order and and civility, um, in part because these principles through the Protestant Reformation were instituted in Denmark and Sweden and whatnot. And although they may be almost altogether agnostic or at least, you know, not a very big church going, uh, you know, um, country, they seem to have a balance there that works. Where it didn't work was in France when they altogether said, we are sick and tired of the Roman church telling us what to do, and they threw everybody out or killed them. The guillotine was invented and was set up in the square, and I believe in Paris, and several thousand people died at the hand of that or were run out of of uh, France. They took the, um, the cathedral at Notre Dame and they denuded it of all vestiges of religiosity and took all the symbols and just threw them, burnt them, got them out of the country. 
this is where the problem started. So they were throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It was true. Um, you know, the, the Catholic Church was had run into many problems for many years. And um, they were basically reacting to uh, just a bad situation, not pure Christianity. But they threw it all out. And I'm surprised they didn't they didn't try uh, Protestantism, but you know what? They were probably just so sick and tired of being controlled that they just said no more. And what they did was they changed the work week from seven days to ten, so they had three ten day work weeks. They changed the name the name of the months so that they didn't reflect anything that had to do with anything that was religious. They also um, they went to year one. <laughs> Year two, year three, uh, so they had started just prior to that. So the, the yeah, they they said this is year one. They, so they changed the name of the months. They changed. They started. Uh, re, they reset the clock for how you know the calendar, uh, year one, and they went to three ten day uh, weeks, so to speak, trying to erase the seven day Sabbath. You know the seven day week of creation. It was havoc. It only lasted one year, and then they then con- people who you wouldn't want conquering went in there and conquered them to try to, and, and it was a better system, even though they weren't perfect, um, to just get rid of it. It was terrible. So there's your long answer to your short question. Uh, what are the arguments put forward by Christian evolutionists? Uh, well, I think that the... The basic understanding of theistic evolution is the idea of winding it up and stepping away. And then and then, God basically allowed evolution, biological evolution, to go ahead and uh, do its thing. And that's about as far as I'm going to be able to answer that one uh, without, you know, again, it's not a very popular view, which means I'm not diving into it. It just doesn't. It seems like people are polarized on this. Either they're, you know, either they're they're uninformed and they're and but they have their ideas about things. But when push comes to shove, when it's actually put in there, that this is how people typically. Do you believe in Adam and Eve and Noah's Ark? Yeah, I do. Do you believe the dinosaurs are millions and millions of years old? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so there's some confusion there, but still, you know, that's that's kind of how society is. I think at the moment, there are Christians who say no dinosaurs you know, are six to 10,000 years old and they died, you know, whatever didn't make it on the ark, died in the worldwide flood and we have fossils to prove it. All right. Um, To what kind? Okay, let me read, continue. What are the arguments put forward by Christian evolutionists? To what extent is there a tension between the two evolution and what impact is this having? I don't know. I don't know how create a Christian evolutionists and atheistic or agnostic evolutionists, I don't know how they coexist. I think they probably coexist um, on friendly terms. But I'll tell you what, as soon as you turn to six to 10,000 years for the age of life on earth and that the fossils came as a result of the worldwide flood, and that there was a real Adam and a real Eve and a real Noah's Ark, then you get treated very poorly. Now, I've been debating, and I'm not a debater, but on forums back in 2000 all the way to today. So it's been 21 years. And I can tell you that with almost without exception, on my one hand, maybe three fingers are, are uh, representative 
of the people who have had this discussion, evolution on one side, them, and creationism, myself, on this side, and when engaged in conversation or comments or anything, it is typically 99.97% rude, mean, condescending, and it reminds me of, of someone who is trying to coerce force. If you can't get somebody to agree with you while you put your arm around them and say, buddy, buddy, then you maybe joke a little bit, but it gets a little bit more serious. Then it gets downright ugly. And then you begin to verbally accost them, trying to get them to come to your side of thinking or made to feel little in the process. And that's what takes place. It's really serious. And I'll tell you, it's not that Christians can't behave poorly. Once in a while, you'll see someone frustrated or or react or act or shoot back something that isn't kind. But man alive, I'll tell you something. If you did nothing more than to step back and watch the behavior of evolutionists who are, and I'm not even talking about the professionals. I'm talking about people like that are intellects that have studied this. Maybe they have a biology degree or something, you know, or they really enjoy reading about atheism, evolution, and whatnot. And they really have an axe to grind. Um, it really upsets people. I have a client who's a scientist, a chemical, sci- a chemist who's a scientist. And when we had a discussion about this, um, just brief, uh, he was very, very congenial about it at first, but I could see that there was hostility behind it. If the conversation went too far, he really did not want to talk about it because it's not worth talking about. But that's a career person. All right. So people are just not nice and you'll see it. And what, here's the interesting, this is what I'm going to end on this. What's interesting is this. Typically, when you have two people in a debate or argument or something like that, the person with the weakest uh, position is the one that resorts to the tactics that I see posed on creationists by evolutionists, the belittling, the name-calling, putting people down, outright, outright meanness. Typically, those who go to that um, to that degree of some kind of force or coercion, coercion through, you know, through verbal sparring and through, um, you know, name calling, belittlement, usually have the weak position. And what's interesting is, is that evolution, really, they win. Come on, think about it for a second. They got all, they got the funding, they got the scientists, they got, you know, they got it all. Um, they, you know, they got a voice out there. Very small minority of people have a very strong, powerful voice. There's, there's funding. Um, there's a, they're in the universities. They're in the movies. Hey, you win. So if you win, why are you so angry? If you won the argument already, why is it that I, I'm being, you're trying to make me look stupid, feel stupid, uh, calling me stupid? Why is that? You know, there's a gentleman by the name of Walter Veith, Dr. Walter Veith, and I'll end, I'll end with this last story. He is from South Africa. He's a white man, and he worked at the universities. Uh, university as a professor of evolution. And people would give him creationist books, and he thought they were just very silly. 
But some one day, I'm not sure exactly what format he got it in, but he got something on prophecy, biblical prophecy of Daniel, Revelation. That spoke to him. He ended up leaving the university and becoming a creationist and now understands both sides of the coin. Look him up on uh, YouTube sometime. Listen to his testimony as far as how he went through that process. And also, he, uh, when he talks about evolution creation, you might find it interesting. A very interesting individual, very smart man, and a very nice man. Dr. Walter Veith, V-I-E-T-H. And I'll leave you with his, his, this parting remark that he made one time. He said, look, evolution, it's logical. But just because something's logical doesn't mean it's correct. I'm John Adolphi with the Lost World Museum. And if you'd like to look more into what we do, you're welcome to join us on TikTok or go to our website, www.lostworldmuseum.com. We are also under that same name, Lost World Museum, at, um, on YouTube, where you'll find even more cool content. You guys have a great day. Thanks for listening. And my good friend out there in Australia, We'll be getting this very shortly.